When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know people are just trickling in and people are waking to this news at all different times. It's ridiculously early for a Patriots uh, uh, live stream. But if you're here, you know, and if you don't know, you're going to know soon enough. It's going to be you're going to wake up to about 775,000 texts from your friends, as many of you guys did. Uh, And here it is. It happened. Uh, as was widely reported and much expected, Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots, parting ways after 24 seasons. While this has been headed this way, we're going to talk about everything. Decision to do it, how it went down, um, the fact that it does seem to be amicable. The two sides are going to hold a press conference later today, which we're going to attend. We'll try to bring it to you live, and we'll bring you all the reaction after. Um, a succession plan, what they should do, what we think they will do. Uh, and then, you know, spend some time obviously celebrating what I I think, you know, is I hate using the term arguably Belichick's the best football coach who's ever coached. And I don't think it's I, I don't think it's debatable uh, in terms of what he's done in a salary cap era and his unprecedented success over this much time. I think it's stupid arguing. I, and I, I think when you say arguably, you're talking about the greatest head coach in any sport any professional American sport of all time. And if he's not number one, he's on the Mount Rushmore of that as well. And so the guy's going to get his due and he's going to get his flowers because while this is something that I think is necessary and had the change, I don't know that it's instantly going to get better. I think it had the change, Um, but it's still kind of a sad day for people who kind of, you know, grew up in this era of Patriots football, Taylor, and saw all this. This was a gift given to us uh and this signifies the end of that and when things end obviously you're going to reflect and i think uh uh, you know belichick's tenure is going to be uh, that's going to be what we're going to think about almost right away more than the failure and more than the end and more than how things went down Uh, and that's not always the case with people so uh, your initial reaction now that it's just gone like now that he's gone and now that it's happened it's weird right where it's weird waking up to a non-bill belichick Patriots world as you never have in your life I never have I mean this is my first year on the beat this is crazy I uh it's even it hasn't set in yet but I I covered the last year of Bill Belichick's career with the Patriots that's just insane I mean I agree like it needed to be done I think in my head I was already kind of ready for it I would have frankly been stunned if he stayed that would have been the real shocker to me um but still, you can never really prepare for something like this and how it feels. And, you know, I mean, he's an, he's an incredible coach. And you saw that even, you know, all the issues with the offense, all the issues with special teams, the defense was dominant. They lost their two best players and still finished top 10 in DVOA, which, you know, I know, stat nerd, who cares DVOA? They were still a really good defense. Everybody drink. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, all you had to do is watch. Like you could see, this wasn't some defense that was phoning it in. This was a well-coached every week. If you watch Pat Daly, and I did my behind enemy lines type segments where I would watch film uh, with people who covered other teams, every single week people were like, "Man, 
this defense, whew, because just how well they get to their landmarks, how disciplined they are, how well they tackle their recognition. And the fact that when you see them, you know, playing man coverage, zone coverage, whatever it is, they always seem to know exactly where to go. They seem to know what's coming. And that is something that players always harped on with Belichick. Jabril Peppers talked about it constantly how well he prepared them. And, you know, it came out in the report that the Herald had with Andrew Callahan, obviously CLNS family, and Doug Kide, where they uh, interviewed somebody on the staff who was like, Bill goes up in front every week and tells us exactly how we need to win. And we just aren't doing it. And the players just aren't executing. And then when he says, you do this, you'll win. And you don't do this, you'll lose. Well, we do the things he tells us not to do. And, you know, it's pretty predictable. And, it didn't matter who was going to come in here. There's there's going to be a drop-off. Um, you know, you're hoping that it's kind of evened out by the defense improving. Maybe better special teams or a, more, a new philosophy on special teams and, you know, not keeping eight or ten guys who are only special teamers but aren't very good special teamers, you know? Like, the reality is I've seen so many people on Twitter kind of make it seem like, oh, Belichick's done all these good things. Why would you want to let him go? I think you have to be honest with yourself. And this was a team yeah. that was in need of change. Belichick said there were a lot of things that needed to change, and he said he wanted to be a part of that. But – when you have Gerard Mayo, who, you know, it seems like it already seemed that way for the past year. I wasn't totally sure about it, whether it was, you know, he was staying for personal reasons or whether it was that he expected to be the heir apparent. You have about, you have Gerard Mayo in waiting. Obviously, Vrabel's on the market. So you had options. And at some point, as great as Bill Belichick is, he's going to continue to coach. But you had to move on at some point. It had to happen. And you could have dragged your feet for another few years and maybe you had the same product. And then imagine how much worse that would have been if you saw minimal change, especially in the front office, where who's going to tell Bill Belichick no? You know, he said himself, yeah, he was willing to take a step back in personnel. But he also said that somebody needed final say. That person is going to be Bill, whether you bring in Scott Pioli, whether you bring in Thomas Dimitrov, whether you bring in Adam Peters. Bill Belichick is going to be the one at the end of the day who stamps and says, yes, I approve. So there had to be some level of change. And I mean, it, it's going to be drastic. It's good that you have guys like Gerard Mayo and Vrabel who are at the top of the head coaching candidates list who have familiarity with the team, but also can bring their own style. I don't think anybody or nobody should be expecting, if it is Gerard Mayo, that it's going to be business as usual the way we've seen it. He is a very different person. The way he addresses media is very different. He's very transparent. The way he addresses players, you got a player's coach. I think Bill is a player's coach. I don't want to, you know, I think that obviously players love him. You've seen Mac Wilson has been tweeting about him and Nick Saban uh, for the past 24 hours because Nick Saban obviously retired yesterday. Players love Bill, but players also love Gerard May and have a ton of respect for him. He was the de- uh, he was the leader of the defense when he played as the middle linebacker. You know, he's accomplished. He's going to demand immediate respect and already has experience in the building. Uh, but yeah, it's just I'm, I'm kind of just spewing all my thoughts because I'm. But it's all but it's all coming out at once, right? Because that's the thing, and like so, you know, I think I think we'll move on. I think we'll get to like, hey, what happens next? Because it's very interesting and 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 strange and confusing and almost scary. Um, you know where they go. I, you know, I tweeted this a short while ago. I'm standing by it in the sense that I I know Mike Vrabel has not learned coaching under Belichick, but I believe he's learned football under Belichick. Mm-hmm. I believe he's cut from the same cloth. Um, and, um, you know, and that's actually a guy who's relatively young in, in the coaching world uh, with kind of an old school philosophy uh, in terms of how he is. He's the leader of men type of guy. Uh, and not to say he's not super smart, uh, not to say he wasn't excellent. I think he made 
um, a lot with a little in Tennessee, and and they exceeded expectations based on um, what they had on their roster. So this um, he was an excellent head coach in Tennessee, but it definitely gives me pause that the start of the press release um, when they let him go was they're looking for somebody to be a little bit more innovative and forward thinking. Now that could mean the forward thinking views of the organization where they might need to take a step back before they take a step forward and Vrabel wanted to win now. But it also makes me think that they thought he was a, a maybe a bit of a dinosaur there, or maybe just in terms of his thinking that it wasn't in line with the direction that they wanted to go in terms of analysis. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, we actually, so, so it was, Described that um, at first it seemed like Mike Vrabel and uh, first-year GM Rand Carthon didn't get along and that they had butted heads. That's what reports were. Then Ian Rappaport came out yesterday and said that it was a big part of it was it's actually more about ownership than the general manager – or I'm yeah. sorry, than um, team leaders because – Vrabel never shot down rumors that he wanted to be back with the Patriots. Obviously, he came back after uh, being inducted in the Patriots Hall of Fame, and he addressed the crowd during a game, and he said, we've got a game to win, which I was I was there, and I tweeted. I was like, whoa, that was awesome, but also super bizarre to see a player who – or to see a coach um, who leads a team in your conference use the term we, even if he is a former player. That's pretty strange. Um, and, yeah, I guess that he didn't do anything to dispel those rumors and ownership wasn't happy with it. So, you know, there's so many things flying around, but you, you can't just poo-poo something that Ian Rappaport says. So that's a pretty significant part of that as well is that yeah. he had ties to the Patriots and made no efforts to say, yeah, no, I have no interest in going back there. Which I'm is fine. Play. And so that made me think it's a fait accompli. But to kind of bring my thought full circle – Fair or not fair, personally, I I truly believe that a a clean break from all things Bill and a completely new system and new faces and new blood and people who don't have any ties or loyalty can sometimes be a good thing. I know the uh, I know the ownership. I love I know people want to kind of maintain the line. Right. Oh, the ex coach, the ex player. And there's something to be said about that. But I do think the Patriots have had such a full experience over the course of 24 years with people coming in and out as assistants and this and that of having done things one way, I would be interested for at least for them to entertain the idea of doing something totally new and different. I want that, I want that, you know, new, sexy, hot thing, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. But, um, Again, I want them to at least think about it. I don't like the idea of just being entrenched in institutional thinking uh, all times and, you know, the Patriot way and this and that. The Patriot way was Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. That's the Patriot way. Those things are gone. You have to accept that it's over, right? We are in a new era, and I think you have to embrace that. But again, not to say Mayo or Vrabel might not be great, whether it be here or somewhere else. Personally, I would like the Patriots and Robert Kraft to expand their thinking beyond that in their search. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's basically a done deal. As far as Belichick goes, going back to him, I think among the things that we talked about, uh, you and I offline, and we've talked about, um, you know, on some shows and things that we've had leading up to it, um, you know, and, and I know we discussed it before you kind of wrote your piece, which you guys can check out on CLNS Media, talking about both Bill Belichick's kind of legacy and what led to this uh, thing and all of the missteps along the way over the course of the last three or four years. Uh, it's certainly sad, um, but, you know, it, it's, I, I think, deserved if you just look at the snapshot of those last four years and you can't think about the past. But. What I always thought with Bill, and you have that great Bum Phillips quote that everybody talks about all the time, that he can take his in and beat your in and you turn around and take your in and beat his in. This is what I always thought the Bill Bell. What you'll miss the most 
from Bill Belichick is I don't even know if you could quantify it in Vegas point spreads. I believe he gave you a touchdown end. You know what I mean? A touchdown advantage. I mean, over every team. If home field is three, I think Belichick gave you seven. Like, I think he was his in-game and the game planning that led up to things and the way that he would approach, you know, how he would tackle an opponent and being among the first coaches that would consistently change up an entire, you have teams that can only do one thing well. Belichick had teams that could do everything well and they could change it on a dime to be able to make you play left-handed or play to your weaknesses or take away what you do best. And no, and it seems obvious, but Football's so complicated and so intricate and takes so much planning, prep, and understanding that you most teams can't do that. They can't change their identity week to week. And the Patriots could, and Bill Belichick would literally – it was – during this era, both era one and era two, Taylor, you'd go into games with – you know, there's there's a few things in sports history that you knew were certain. And one of them, you know, especially in my in my time as a fan, one of them was Pedro Martinez starts. And another one was Bill Belichick uh, walking on the field and absolutely under no circumstances having any chance to lose a particular game. You know, That's a weird thing in football to know that there's no way this team can beat us. Not because we not because there's a bunch of different things, you know, on the team and Tom Brady and this and that, but because Belichick. there's no way that guy over there is going to come up with something that this guy over here isn't going to be able to counteract or isn't seven moves ahead of already and has figured it out and knows what's going to happen and is, and, and, and has already accounted for that. And then what you're going to do to counter that, then what you're going to do to counter that. And that's a massive on field edge that I think is going to be the thing that they lose and, and it hurts them the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's seen more football than anybody who's coaching right now. And that's just the bottom line and his ability to, I know um, I started watching the, when I uh, started working on the top 10 piece that we're going to drop later today of moments in Belichick's career, I was watching the do your job well segments. And I know Josh McDaniels was mentioning how it was just uncanny, his ability to just kind of find the vibe of a game or practice and understand when to kind of turn it on and when to press guys, when to pull back, what to do in terms of just game strategy. And that's one of the biggest things is the ability to adjust in game. There are so many coaches, especially young coaches. And, you know, as they usher in a new era, you don't know how that's going to look, but Bill's ability to understand the flow of a game, what needed to change, how to inspire and motivate his players. Those are just things that not everybody has. He had those in spades. And it was an incredible thing to watch. And then you want to talk about as a talent evaluator, like, you know, we can offense recently. Yeah. kind of dropped off, but the defense, like how many guys did we see break out this year who fans basically had as afterthoughts. You think of Giovanni Tavai just making plays on a consistent basis. Anthony Jennings becoming one of the most disruptive edge defenders in the league. That obviously has to do with coaching as well and position coaching. And then Belichick's now that I'm talking about position coaching, Belichick's ability to find good position coaches who understood how to get the most out of players, even if they didn't necessarily have a background in their position or even in football. Mike Pellegrino did a phenomenal job with the cornerbacks and he played the cross. Like just Belichick was so great at finding those people who were great communicators and, you know, effective leaders. And it's so many qualities that, you some coaches have a few of these things some coaches have a few of these things Belichick just stacked all these positive qualities together and 
it's it's yeah. incredible. He I, does. I, and I I, 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 I want to address a couple of things. I, honestly, like one, one thing for sure. And I know you see it in the, uh, um, you know, you're seeing some in the chat and I know some fans feel this way. Uh, guys, it's, there's two separate things. You can talk about the greatness of Bill Belichick and also recognizing that he needs to move on. And honestly, I think, look, you can argue that he needed to stay. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's a fair argument because you might think what com- what's coming is worse and you would rather just live with a few more years of Bill and ride it out until it's dead, 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 and then make the change. I understand that thinking. What I don't understand is thinking that, oh, you guys were critical, so you can't say something nice about him. Look, both things are true. He's the greatest of all time, but at this point, whether it's age or whether him being too entrenched in whatever it is that he's thinking, it, it, it's gotten to the team. When you're in charge of everything, you get a lot of the credit. And you know what? A fair amount of the blame. And so this four-year, five-year, six-year snapshot, you know, in the last years of Brady, even though one of them resulted in a Super Bowl um, and, and and all the way to now, is a lot of mismanagement and a lot of things um, and a lot of poor decisions and poor personnel decisions and poor decisions with the coaching and reluctance towards to accepting outside ideas or new things, not embracing an analytics department. I'm sorry, at this point, I, you hate to sho- shovel dirt on a, on a man's grave, but Bill, some things had passed Bill by or some things were just, he wasn't interested in even trying. Um, and, and what's Bill's a, own philosophy? You move on a year early rather than a year late. That's, and, and he so, says that all the time. <laughs> and, and so he's done it and he's been brilliant with that. And it, we didn't even add that to his list of his accomplishments. Go over the list of things. This, this And one of the reasons Bill Belichick skated is everybody was wrong about everything for 20 years. So you just assumed you were wrong now, meaning like that he knew something you didn't know, no, which of course he does. He knows everything we don't know. That's not really the case, but really more that like, this will probably work out because it always does. You were just used to it, but it's not the case uh, anymore uh, in this thing. And you're right. It's, it's sometimes you just have to move on. Go, go over the history of Belichick's tenure. How many times he let somebody go and they're like, man, that, that, that was bad. First 20 years. I, Asante Samuel and end, end of end of list, you know, like not a lot. Uh, and you saw guys go Trey Flowers, J.C. Jackson signing these big, de- big deals elsewhere. And you're like, yeah, they all end up back in New England. Jamie Collins doesn't matter um, because he was getting the most out of everyone. He would elevate them to a point and then he would recognize when it was time to go. And he was brilliant at it. Um, and. Uh, recently that wasn't as much the case. There were some very questionable personnel decisions. Um, the, the handling of Joe Tooney, uh, you know, uh, you know, as, as example, uh, obviously the, the free agent signings, there's a lot of things that kind Tom of, Brady. <laughs> I, I mean, and obviously the Brady thing is at the top so much. So it's been talked about ad nauseum. It's almost mm-hmm. not worth continuing to bring up, but you mm-hmm. know, and again, I think the, this comment is the most, you know, a, uh, you know, appropriate, GM Bill got coach Bill fired. Uh, everybody seems to think that that's very likely the case. Um, and I think it is. There's, And that's where I think people are having a tough time with the separation, Taylor. It's like you're losing that wizard on the sidelines who gives you that touchdown or more edge. Uh, but he no longer can take his in and beat your in because his in is so bad because of the teams he put together and what he thinks makes good football players nowadays that you wonder if he's just kind of lost the plot there a little bit. Yeah. I mean, if, if we live in a world where Tom Brady 
you know, stayed with the Patriots, got a little bit more say and got to pick some of his own groceries. Bill never gets fired. He goes out on his own terms because then it's the defense is still, he gets all the credit for that special teams. You know, you're not going to get fired over special teams, but on the offense, you have Tom Brady being able to lift all ships and then maybe he gets some of his pieces. Then everything ends just storybook ending, but that's not what happened. You know what? Instead, you had Brady leave, and then you try to fix it. Obviously, 2020 was a really weird season. I don't really like holding that against because you had so many key players that opted out due to COVID. They had a ton of cap restrictions because a lot of it had to do with Brady and the way they had to kind of work things around for his contracts. So then, but after that, you had the Mac Jones era, and then it looks kind of pretty good in 2021. And then, obviously, all the things with the head coaching staff, it's a disaster because you have an inexperienced quarterback, an in- inexperienced quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, and things just kind of fell apart. And that was when you started to see – I know personally, I have always or was always a Bill, uh, in Bill We Trust guy. But in 2022, you started to see, all right, these decisions that you kind of expected, oh, they'll make sense down the road. They weren't making sense, and they were actively hurting the team. And then you get to this season where, yeah, you got Bill O'Brien, but you also have a mismatch coaching staff where you have the old regime, Bill O'Brien, and a couple of his guys, and then Adrian Clem, where things never really gelled. Obviously, injuries were a massive part of the season that I don't ever want to overlook. Because not having Joe, uh, not, Joe not having Cole Strange and Mike and healthy to start the season, and then obviously Cole Strange having to battle through his injury throughout the season right until the very end, those were massive, massive factors in the offense's inability to really ever pick up any steam. And But again, the defense played well, but there were just things that you couldn't ignore. And it didn't really seem like there was any way to fix the issues there without getting a different voice in the room and somebody else who was calling the shots up top. So, and especially with, as we mentioned, even if the offense did get better, it just didn't seem like a healthy situation among the coaches, especially when they were clashing with the front office. So it stinks to say, but I do think we need to look at the entire picture here. And that yes, Bill, the coach was doing a phenomenal job preparing his team, motivating them and getting them to, the offense to sometimes punch above their weight and the defense to keep them in games that they had probably no business really being in. But at the same time, the talent deficiency on offense, it wasn't just this year. It wasn't just last year. It was all the way going back to Brady's last season. It wasn't the reason that Brady left, but it was a contributing factor. And even when they tried to fix it with the Nikhil Harry and the Muhammad Sanu, obviously those ended up being disasters. So we have to be honest in our evaluation of why this happened, but we can also acknowledge that Bill Belichick had the greatest run for any coach in sports history put new England on the map in the sports world and just did so many things for not only the sports world, but for the community, all the, you know, all the joy that he was able to bring to people with his victories and, you know, with all the things that he did in new England. So, you know, I, 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 I just want to say yeah. that, but I, I think it's important to look at the big picture. Well, the NFL season is wrapping up, but there is still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book right now. New customers. Get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's pretty good math, right? That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. 
First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, Kentucky, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, not to get like super like misty and romantic about it. Like one of the things a lot of people love about sports um, is not just the excitement that it brings when you're watching games. It's, you know, bringing people together. And it's a, it really is the one thing in society where it doesn't matter where people, you know, of all of all races, all up and down the socioeconomic scale, um, all have this common interest and this common bond and they're united in it. And, you know, whether you're at the game or at home, there's millions of people just like you feeling what you're feeling, watching what you're watching and doing what you're doing. And you have no... <laughs> I mean, I don't I think people underestimate what it was like for 20 something years to wake up with your chest puffed out, knowing that, like, yeah, we're the best, you know, yeah. and to to have it for that long. Again, the whole Boston run, I think, is really insane. Um, but that this span of time and Belichick and the Patriots, Belichick and Brady launched it all with the 2001 Super Bowl. And for those of us in this age bracket, we went through darkness. We went through a 15-year period of darkness. You know, if you were a kid in the late 80s, you know, you got a taste and you're like, oh, cool, Larry Bird. And then it went dark. And my formative years in my, you know, in my teens and 20s watching these teams was, wow, everybody in Boston is bad. And Bill Belichick did what was what people thought was the impossible. And we'd seen token Super Bowl appearances, okay, you know, uh, as well. And it felt like 2001 might have been another, oh, upstart guys, that's fun. And they're going to lose by 40, and then you'll never hear from them again. And it wasn't. It was the beginning, and we didn't know it then. We didn't know it. Um, and I, I always say this. This happens a lot in sports, too. What what going what at the time feels like a monstrous upset, you actually realize was the beginning of something. You just didn't know what it was. And that's what 2001 was. It was the beginning. Was it a big upset in retrospect, looking at the Patriots and Rams? Maybe a little. But honestly, the Patriots were much, much, much better and had so many good players on that team. And then you had Belichick's just incredible game plan that was able to hold the greatest show on turf at bay. And he got one for us. Okay. As fans, he got one and that meant everything. And I, as much as you want to talk about, Oh, it was Brady and the Brady carried him and this and that. No, Bill won that Super Bowl, And it was amazing uh, for the fans and for everything. And then everything that followed since there. So again, uh, it is, uh, it, 
I, I, I think it gets lost a little bit in the now. Uh, what a, what an impact it had. So I, I agree with you 100%. Taylor, we're going to move on to kind of next stuff. We'll keep talking mm-hmm. about Bill and his legacy, and more people are kind of flooding in. Can I say one, one thing real quick, because I kind of just yeah. thought of it, is that you mentioned it. I do want to say, like, you know, not make it about me, but quite honestly, like, Bill Belichick changed my life. I didn't like sports at all. I was kind of just a kid who my mom threw me into a bunch of different stuff. And, you know, I didn't really know what I liked or anything. I went to boarding school, if you're familiar with Fezenden. I went there for middle school and kind of got more familiar with the sports world and started watching the Patriots. And was like, this is pretty fun. I mean, sports aren't so bad. Um, and it, now I'm here. I got into sports. I started, you know, really getting into trying to study the game. I don't think I would have the amount of knowledge in the passion for football that I do without watching Bill because it wasn't for me. It wasn't just about the winning and all of that, because I, I started really paying attention to the team in 2010 and 2011. Obviously, they were good, but like they ended on heartbreak. I think I cried after the 2011 Super Bowl loss, like when I was just kind of just getting on board. But being able to watch how he was able to hold all these great offenses where you're going into games and ESPN is previewing, you know, Peyton Manning and all these offenses are juggernauts. And then you see Bill Belichick hold them down. And in my head, I'm like, how is he doing this? And that's how I really got into football strategy and wanting to study the X's and O's. And then it turned into, you know, get more opportunities to write, which I didn't know I ever even wanted to be a writer or cover anything in any news capacity. And, you know, I started studying this team and now I'm here and, you know, thank you obviously for the opportunity. I got to actually talk to Bill and study his press conferences, obviously for years, which prepared me this year to not go in there and make a fool of myself. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to say, man, Bill literally changed my entire life. I wouldn't be here without him. I don't know what I'd be doing if it weren't for him. So I I think a lot of people's lives, Taylor, and and I, I, I know like for someone younger people who were inspired to do this, you know, as a professional choice like yourself, there's quite a few you can look around the beat and kind of be like yeah there's probably a a lot of these guys in here I think he did it for a lot of people um and so I I I, you know I think it doesn't matter whether it inspired you to get into it I will also say that Bill Belichick and the Patriots ushered in an unprecedented era of sports passion in the region yes it's Mm -hmm. always been a sports town but let's not and 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 it, and it, it always has and it always will but it became the thing about this area for 20 something years and every other teams had help as well helped along the way as well but the patriots were the constant throughout all of it people come and go and the, and the, the 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 later things get there's so many different types of options and obviously you know with the advent of social media over the last 15 years and how things have changed and all the things that you can do with your time and watch and this and that and oh people don't even watch sports and they they watch highlights they watch the patriots you got it sunday and you watched it because you were guaranteed to see something special or something dominant and you knew you were on a march to something great and the patriots were that line all the way through 2001 all the way through till up until recently that included three Red Sox titles, one Celtics title, four Red Sox titles, geez, uh, one Celtics title, uh, one Bruins title and countless other uh, finals and championship appearances from those teams. Really, really amazing stuff uh, here. And I think all of us working in this business who knows what direction it goes if you don't have this much interest and this much opportunity and this many jobs uh, and this sort of thing. If you're just working in some middling sports town, you know, one, 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 you know, one horse town or one team town, there's not as much pie to go around. There was a, there was, as a guy who loves pie, there was plenty of pie to go around here. Um, so we, we, we will definitely, uh, uh, you know, 
I think everyone is kind of grateful for this opportunity to get to do what we've done and see the things I've seen. I've seen five, six Super Bowls, seven Super Bowls, Taylor. Um, losses, too. That's freaking amazing. That's never going to change. That's there forever. And I think that's for, that's that's that way for a lot of us. Uh, we'll continue on again, a little bit of the love fest and a little bit about what's next um, for sure. And we'll hang in here with you guys as you kind of continue to flood in, um, learning what's happened here this morning. The Patriots and Bill Belichick parted ways after 24 seasons. We're going to probably chat with you for you know another 20 or so minutes. Uh, Taylor has a lot to do, and I know his mind is spinning towards that. The Patriots, as we said, do have a press conference joint press conference so again they're on good terms uh, there there seems to be no compensation bill seems to be free to go where he wants to go um regardless of his contract we'll see what that decision is he cannot coach and collect a big fat check next year if he wants or he can dive in to one of the seven vacancies right now and you wonder if there's another team out there that thinks bill is their guy whether there's eight or nine vacancies by the time this day is over if they think they've got a shot at the goat um and you never know how that's going to go real quick we want to tell you guys uh, about our sponsor here at clns media the exclusive wagering partner of the clns media network and uh, the official partner of the nfl the playoffs are getting underway if you haven't signed up and you want to get in on the action a terrific chance to cash in on a super bonus that's really easy. You don't have to do anything other than deposit 10, bet five, and you get 150 in bonus bets. It's not real money, but it's in your account and you can bet with it and make real money with it. So it's just a gift. All you have to do is make that first $5 wager and then you got 150 to play with. Who? Hey, try some crazy parlay. See if you can get rich, you know. Uh, visit fanduel.com slash Boston. Again, uh, bet five. 150 in bonus bets. Restrictions do apply. Make sure you check out the website. Uh, once again, uh, fanduel.com slash Boston. Make sure you check that out. Let's circle back once again. Uh, as we said, uh, there is a press conference coming up later today, uh, which uh, these guys are going to head over to. And uh, it is because of this bill Belichick is gone uh, with the Patriots after 24 seasons. Now, Taylor, I'll ask quick before we get on to succession plans. I always thought this was the route amicable. Like people theorize lots of things, right? Bill throws a tantrum. Bill quits before he can get fired. Bill puts his foot down and says, you're going to, you know, blah, 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 this and that bill poo poos any chance of a trade. Um, or, and there were other people who thought, well, the crafts are going to hold out. They got to get a trade, worrying about what that compensation would be. Is he worth the first? Is he worth the second? Sometimes the easiest solution uh, and the one with the least amount of yeah, people crapped all over the Titans for thinking it was too hard to work out compensation with Vrabel. I didn't think that was that crazy. You've got to fill a vac. You got to fill your job, and you know there's seven vacancies out there. You're going to wait a week and a half, two weeks, three weeks when every top candidate is gone to hopefully get a draft pick if somebody wants your guy that's crazy like unless it comes together fast these things are complicated and i always thought that wasn't going to happen i thought it was almost cheap to think that you're going to trade bill after 24 years i don't think bill wanted his value attached to um a draft return i don't think bill would want to be known as the guy who was traded for the cole strange equivalent that they end up drafting with whatever pick that they get no disrespect to cole strange I just think they wanted to just, hey, you've done right by us. We've done right by you. What do you want to have happen? We want to move on. Well, how do you want it to go? And they gave him his option, and he said, just release me from it, and I'll figure it out. 
And that's, I think, what happened here. And there we go. Are you surprised or upset um, that there wasn't some sort of compensation here when you do have the asset, the greatest coach of all time under contract, you know, letting him walk? I know with some people might sit a little bit uh, funny thinking like, ah, they, they, they should have gotten something out of that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. One, realistically, would Bill also want to give up high draft capital to whatever team he's going to? Yeah, that's yeah, another think about one. That as well. That's no, probably not. And I think that's one of the biggest ones. And I think if you did add that to the equation, it turns this amicable parting of ways into something yeah. that turns. And that's a how coach bit. trades work. That's a mm-hmm. co- co- the coach has to say, I'm, I'll go there. It's not like right. players that you ship them. They've got to agree. All you're doing is saying, I will free him for this contract. And then later you're going to send me something. But it's basically a it's letting somebody seek out their own job and then working out some sort of compensation after. But he's got to want it. The Patriots did not hold as many cards in this regard as you guys, as people think that they could just ship him. And so there's a lot of reasons. The one you just mentioned also being another huge one. Why would Bill say trade me for two firsts and then go somewhere and not have in a, if you're a team looking for a head coach, chances are you need every draft pick you can possibly get. Um, exactly. So it's you're kneecapping yourself right out of the gate. It does not make sense. Yeah, that, and this isn't the situation with the Jets where he was traded to the Patriots from the Jets, but he had no legacy. I mean, obviously he coached with the Jets, but he wasn't Bill Belichick yet. So that trade made a little more sense. But with someone with his legacy, also, I, I mean, I, I made a joke about the whole uh, wanting to move on from Brable and not like and not really uh, spend the time it would take to find a trade candidate. I made fun of it just because it was an easy joke. But realistically, that makes total sense, and you do want to move on quickly. We don't really know for sure what their succession plan is, if it's going to be Mayo, if it's going to be Vrabel, if it's going to be you know, Brian Flores, for all we know. But I do think this is something you kind of want to like make your decision, start moving on, and not just make it messy. And I agree with your point also that if you do end up trading Bill for a pick, it does get associated with whoever's taken. You know, Obviously, that could be, oh, we got a new face of the franchise, and the person who ushers us into a new era – or it could be, you know, a pick that's totally blown and then it just looks really bad for the or- – it either looks bad for the organization or for Bill. And, yeah, I just agree. I don't think that trading was ever really a possibility. It, it sounds great as a fan because you want as much draft capital as possible in what's pretty much a rebuild. But, yeah, that wasn't – I don't think that was ever really on the table. Yeah, um, you know, likely not. So, again, moving on to the succession, here's another thing. Look, I, I, I made my, you know – case so to speak about a new new voices i at least want to be open to them i don't like the idea of just being but it may i believe it's very likely uh that it's going to be i I think it's a two-horse race and one might be so far ahead right now that it's really one person um you know and that's gerard mayo i know uh vrabel is also uh, a strong possibility but between those two um, that seems likely where we're headed. Whether this ends up being a great hire or not, you, there are reports, and I, I think even just people openly talking about how much people love Gerard Mayo in the room, uh, leader of men. And I, as I've mentioned, I was fortunate enough to get to know Gerard a little bit uh, when I was working over at NBC, uh, and he was uh, doing a football programming with us after his playing uh, days were over. And just one of the smartest, funniest, most engaging guys, magnetic personality, walks in a room and everybody wants to be around him. Smile on his face for everyone, treats everybody with respect, knows your name, looks you in the eye, uh, shares stories, uh, holds court, and everybody just sits there and wants to listen to it. So even the teeny taste I've gotten in my time or my year or so working with him, I can say there's a lot of reasons to like 
you know, the vibe that Gerard Mayo puts out, what translates on the field in terms of strategy, who you hire, being able to run a whole football team. That's a daunting task for someone who's never done it before. So there's some risk involved there. But I like the idea of not necessarily just I definitely don't want some 70 year old retread coach who's done it, who's on his fourth job, like just to just for the sake of doing it. So uh, there's, you know, there's that for sure as a potential thing. Among the th- whether the choice is right or not, another thing I don't love is Bill Belichick is not being let go because of his coaching, and we're worried about who's succeeding him as coach. The real issue is who's making personnel decisions, which if they had gone differently over the last few years, if you had taken Debo over Nikhil and Pickens over Thornton and not taken Cole Strange and not, you know, traded around the board and not drafted special teams as early and built a little bit more depth in a bench, this might have been a nine or ten win team this year. We're not even entertaining, Bill. We're talking about where you go next. I don't know how that would necessarily go. The personnel is the issue. I do not love putting a coach in place and then looking around and be like, anyone want to work with this guy? I find it backwards. And I know that's how it works. It's really hard to, it's hard to get the GM in here and then have them do a round of coach interviews. The timing is weird, but this is one of the weird things when you have a guy who is both right. Like when they're both, it's hard to replace the GM and do it first at a time when you're also looking for a head coach. But that's the situation they're in here. And they're kind of taking what I think is the easy route, which is, yeah, I already got the guy in a building. I've got one. I've got what I need right here. That's good. Come on in and do it. It's a big part of your organizational philosophy as a, as a, as a person who's running the team, Taylor, your coach has to drive with it. And now you're, you're Mm -hmm. taking that choice away from them. And I think you're handicapping, uh, kneecapping your opportunity to get somebody. Yeah, I mean, if it is Gerard Mayo, I, I think with Gerard and Vrabel, I think that's the smoothest course to maybe finding that general manager. Like with Vrabel, it was reported that it's not that they are handcuffed together, he and Adam Peters, uh, but they do have both ties to the Patriots. So I'm not sure if he would still go with Mayo as well. But with Mayo, I still think that, you know, when I asked him a few weeks ago about how does your experience outside of football kind of help you as a leader and as a potential head coach? And he mentioned how he's able to, you know, uh, communicate with people of all different types of backgrounds and all these things. And obviously you have experience with them. So, uh, you know, I agree that it is kind of funky when you have to get your coach and then you have to get the general manager. But I do feel like if there's anybody who, would be able to find someone and really uh, understand what would be a healthy relationship and someone they could really work with. I do think that Mayo was probably one of those guys just because of that outside ability. And then, like I said, with Vrabel, it seemed like he and Adam Peters might end up being a package deal just because of their uh, shared history with the Patriots and that, you know, Adam Peters is probably going to need a head coach and Mike Vrabel might, you know, I think he does want some level of, uh, of say in the personnel decisions, but if he, in Adam Peters are on the same page that could potentially works. So, um, yeah, it, I, know, I, but I still have to do my, my diet in the, mm, yeah, but you're entrusting you're in, this is the most important draft since Bledsoe, you know, like it's, you know, you, you are in a position you never find yourself in, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and you know, you could debate, you know, uh, Drew Bledsoe's career. But at that point, that was a home run pick to put the Patriots back on the map. You don't get that one right. If you had the guy again, you know, it was Bledsoe or Rick Myrer, and they were considered to be neck and neck for the one and the two you pick wrong. You pick Myrer. There's no, 
next, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know where you go from there. Bledsoe put New England back on the map after being absolute bottom feeders, um, you know, uh, in the, you know, kind of early 90s sort of situation. Um, gets them back to a Super Bowl, gets you Parcells, which gets you the belt, which, you know, eventually gets you to Carroll, gets you to Belichick, um, and then gets you to, to, to where you are here. But you have no idea the direction the franchise goes. You're talking about, at the minimum, this pick alters the course. This pick and this draft and this offseason alters the trajectory of the franchise for a minimum three, four years and possibly longer. Um, so it is the most important thing the franchise has done. Um in decades and it's weird to think like i'll get to that part later and then and then but you know that's the odd part to me is you see these teams already out there and your reports of like reached out to this assistant gm candidate and this personnel guy and this guy for interviews and interviews there's teams looking for executives too don't you kind of have to get involved here fast and then make sure that those people are cool with with gerard uh no absolutely but i think there's also i mean there's a lot of teams that are in this position again it is awkward but this is kind of the position they're in at least they do have their head coach and they have somebody who like you mentioned yourself where the defense wasn't the problem here and I think the best thing to do is to try to carry over as much from the defense as possible you don't know if the Belichicks are going to leave the staff so I mean I I understand what you're saying and that you know you want to have that person with a vision for how the team is going to go from here on out but as I mentioned on our postgame show last week I don't think this is so bad of a roster where you legitimately have to just completely uproot everything like the defense is good the offense has pieces you need to add like three or four starters where you say okay i'm comfortable with these guys really pushing us into the era and with the draft capital they have you're in and the money they have they're in position to do it so i agree i'm also looking at uh, albert breer he had a list of hot names for uh potentially filling a general manager spot a lot of them have patriots ties you have mark uh borgonzi Hope I pronounced that well. The assistant general manager for the Chiefs. He was with the Chiefs back in 2009 with Scott Pioli, so he's got some Patriots ties. Trey Brown, he has ties to Gerard Mayo as well. He's currently the senior personnel executive for the Cincinnati Bengals. He's a name to watch. Uh, obviously, as we mentioned, Adam Peters. Jim Nagy, who's the executive director for the Senior Bowl. Now, I'm not sure if he's going to want to leave. That's a bit of a stretch. But he's on the list, so he's someone who could also watch because he used to be a scout for the Patriots. So, Oh, also Elliot Wolf, director of scouting for the Patriots. We don't know if maybe, you know, he takes a bigger role. So it's not a great position to be in, but it's also great that the Patriots have a pipeline. Their coaching pipeline isn't great, but their scouting pipeline is pretty fantastic. A lot of guys who've had success in the league and built great teams. As I said, the Bengals, Chiefs, and 49ers. You have guys with Patriots ties who are all uh, looking to become general managers. So not the best position in the world to, you know, in your perspective and your, as you said, it kind of worked backwards, but it's not like they have to go out and get completely fresh blood. And with the crafts, we know they like to keep things in house. They like to, you know, have some level of continuity of people they've worked with before. Yeah. I do think they're in a decent position. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, this is another thing I think was um, intended to provide stability and assurance uh, and to keep, what was that phase for? Somebody, Mr. Jason Martin, first-year reporter feeling on the roster. I've been covering this team for a lot longer than that, friend. I've been studying this team for a lot longer than that. So, 
Know your role. Uh, t- t- Taylor's the Doogie Hauser of the Patriots beat. Okay, and again, I'm dating myself with that reference, but he's got a P- <laughs> he's got a, he's got a PhD, my friends. So don't worry about this. Um, you know, this is this is the wrong man to go toe to toe with over particulars. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing I'm going to say about um, the Mayo situation: a potential um, landmine uh, Robert Kraft created for himself. Um, it was designed both the O'Brien and the Mayo um, kind of call them promotions or, uh, you know, kind of installing them into prominent positions on this team was kind of a pushback from Kraft to Bill on, dude, we can't keep doing this no OC thing. And you got to you got to elevate people within the organization that we want to keep here. We're going to lose these guys. The brain drain is significant. And and yeah. and that's and, and you felt it this year. And again, Andrew Callahan and Doug Kide and the Herald detailed some of the behind the scenes stuff with the coaching staffs about, you know, maybe guys not necessarily doing what they need to do or the wrong positions. And obviously it all came to a head the year before with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge uh, totally out of their depth, trying to run an offense and coach up a second second year quarterback. And I think that as you wrote in your piece was probably the biggest thing that kind of got you to hear where you went from semi-competitive um, to the third worst team in the entire NFL. Uh, that mm-hmm. was hard to do. And that's how they got there. So the idea was, I just don't want to lose any more of these guys. So let's bring in a qualified outside guy rather than like your second string, you know, tight ends coach, uh, you know, as the OC. And let's give Gerard some assurances that he means something to us and he's here. And in fact, he basically was anointed without a position as Bill Belichick's successor walking around the building, you know, before, you know. Forget the corpse being cold. The guy's still alive and he's sitting there and and Bill knows, Bill knows he's about to, this is the guy who's taken my job. Bill doesn't really give him any extra power. He doesn't make him DC. Gerard Mayo's title remained linebackers coach, despite Robert Kraft kind of saying, this is kind of the, um, this is our, the successor, the succession plan. And I believe Kraft did it for two reasons. the stability one, but the second one was when Bill, is finally done and the assumption was always bill's gonna eventually just decide i'm going to move on when the record's broken and he decides he doesn't want to do this anymore he just hands the keys over to this guy and we have continuity but now you have continuity whether you want it or not or worse you have a situation where if you changed your thinking over the course of the last 12 months and you're you don't know if mayo's the guy and you don't want him to lead this post train wreck bill experience and say you do you're like oh man i never thought vrabel was going to be available and that's the guy i want how do you how do you bring him in here at this point is he gonna is gerard gonna be like yeah cool i'll be dc under this guy no freaking way and again (laughs) how many people how many how many players might you lose with that who have determined that like i like this guy and i would play for this guy and you bring in some other dude, even if they like and respect him as well, that's going to be a little weird. So you've set yourself up for a, a, a position where you almost have to give it to Mayo or have to mm-hmm. completely wipe it out, you know? And so I don't know. It's it's going to be messy. It's, yeah, my only it's, real hesitation it's a messy with, situation, sorry. yeah. My only real hesitation with Mayo was 
the inexperience, obviously, um, especially when Vrabel is on the market. It's one thing if you're saying, okay, you want to retain someone who, you know, has experience with the team or Gerard Mayo. It's like, yes, it's him. You kind of just deal with it if he is inexperienced. When it was Vrabel, I, you know, was on record as kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, especially if he's handcuffed with Adam Peters. That kind of seems like a no-brainer. He was a coach of the year two years ago. Um, obviously had success when he had a decent roster, turned Ryan Tannehill into a pro bowler. Like, you know, he, he he has a track record. But at the same time, Mayo has been a hot head coach candidate for years. And if you think like the inexperience, that's just part of it. At some point, the guy's got to get an opportunity. At some point, somebody had to give Bill Belichick an opportunity. So I I understand that. There's a lot of question marks, but at the same time, I do think it's great that you have somebody who can see how Belichick ran things and take all the things that were successful, which I think he'll do, and then put his own spin on it where, you know, you had Trent Brown. I had uh, Dakota Randall on a couple of days ago, and he talked about how Trent was pissed off because he heard from coaches that they were devising ways to basically screw with him because they wanted to see what his commitment was. And there was also the issue of um, like scheduling where the Patriots like keep you on your toes. And sometimes you don't get your schedule till the day before same thing with media, which is like a maddening where we don't know what time we're supposed to be going in until like eight o'clock the night before. And sometimes it makes sense, but then Trent Brown made the fair point of, okay, well when it's the bye week and I want to spend time with my family, you're forcing me to buy these tickets and things where they're the most expensive last minute. That's not cool. Now you have somebody in charge whether it's Mayo or whether it's a Vrabel, where they can toe that line, where they have been in the player's shoes in a Patriot system, where they know, hey, this worked. And, you know, after, you know, now that I'm a coach, I understand what Bill was thinking, as opposed to, yeah, no, that was jacked up. I don't agree. I don't think that was okay. And you get that fresh perspective. So I, I, I frankly, I'm excited. I really, I don't want them to completely gut this team and act like Bill was never here. I don't think that's how you win, because as we keep saying, Bill the coach was not the problem. Bill the GM was the problem. It's and not. We're going to see how they handle the general manager situation. But, but I think it's really exciting to potentially get a guy who has, sorry, who has both perspectives of not having, having uh, with Mayo having worked and played for Bill, but with Rabel having played for Bill and had success as a coach elsewhere. You're not wrong at all about any of it. Um, it's just if you stay in-house, chances are you're going to keep, um, you know, I, I don't. Is Mayo going to fire the entire staff and bring in his own guys? Does he have the cachet to have guys? You know, you haven't coached with That's other. People. You haven't true. coached with other people before. What kind of staff can he assemble? What I don't want is seventy percent of it is coming back, maybe eighty with a couple of other things. That's the same team with a worse head coach. That's not mm-hmm. great. Like, and we're not saying, you know. And again, it's not a knock on Mayo, but. Again, what happened was, you know, again, this is Bill's both – this is how he did it. Everything Bill Belichick did that made him successful is also what he's done that's kind of led him to this point. And you and I have talked about this a bit, um, you know, in the the weeks, months leading up here. (laughs) Consistently building up and training your own people and rising them up to a level of prominence where they can move on and get other NFL jobs is great. Um, and I know Bill didn't want to hire the hot, you know, OC or DC from somewhere, just knowing that those guys want to go out and get head coaching jobs somewhere else. And it's one of the reasons why he made you earn that title and want to stick around here. And he doesn't like constantly changing things up. So he'd rather just have a program. Bill very much views this as a college program uh, talking about the Patriots. And honestly, it's one of the reasons a lot of teams and a lot of new head coaches um, fail in their first stops is they don't have enough time to build their program. Uh, but right mm-hmm. now, because of that, you lost, 
your top tier and your second tier guys and are putting guys who played minimally on the other side of the ball in charge of other positions. Um, it really is yeah, across the board, not to call out names, but it really needs, uh, I think, a fairly significant overhaul on the assistance. On top of that, the Patriots operate – uh, and especially like you lose, uh, you know, Ross Douglas during the year as well. Patriots operated with few, far fewer assistants. I forget what the number is, but it's like 16, 17. And the Niners, for, exa- for example, have like 29. You know, like they have fewer guys doing it. You have some guys doubling up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Matt Patricia was technically an old line coach last year and the offensive coordinator. And he's like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? OK, how about you guys? Are you guys good? And you've got like position players basically running their own units and their own teams and things like that. None of that is good. So you have to be able to come in and uh, build something uh, from scratch. And again, maybe Mayo does. Maybe Mayo is such a liked guy that he's got a hundred people who are coming in, but do a lot of people with experience want to work on the staff of a less experienced guy? I don't know. I, I it's, 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 it's a little tricky there. But I think, I mean, you also have to assume that Mayo has already thought about this for years. Again, he was taking, I think it was two years ago, he uh, interviewed with the Broncos. Like, I'm sure he has some people where he understood if he was ever in this position, especially if he did know that he basically was going to be the head coach after Bill. He's got to have some people in his circle who he's, exactly. And on top of that, you also have Bill O'Brien. If he doesn't get rid of Bill O'Brien. That's the thing. It's like seven vacancies and a bunch of people are going to be moving around here. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, massive uh you know grab and go you know it's like it's like a you know an an easter egg hunt you throw them all out there and say go everyone's going to be scrambling to get that so that's a challenge too but you're right he's definitely thought about it yeah and if the crowds are going to put him in this position i i think one just out of fairness like if he wasn't ready i don't think they would make him that coach and if he didn't say if he didn't come to them and say hey I've got some guys that I really like, and I'm sure they're going to – they have to do their interviews anyway. They have to um, make sure that, you know, they have to abide by the Rooney rule, which I absolutely hate. Um, but, you know, they're, they're going to have to interview candidates. And if they start looking at other people, even if they do really like Gerard and they realize, oh, God, maybe he isn't quite ready because he doesn't have a staff in place or, you know, what have you, I'm sure that'll be part of the decision-making. And then that's where Mike Vrabel comes in. And then it's, okay, well, he does have experience. He has people he's worked with. He probably has people he can bring with him. Um, but that's that's so much speculation because we literally will not have any idea about any of that. Um, you know, obviously, like, Arthur Smith is on the market uh, for Vrabel in terms of if he wants to gut the Patriots coaching staff, they have that. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure that whoever the head coach is, they will have people in mind and people on call to bring with them. Yeah. Does um, otherwise it's just negligence on the crafts part, and I don't think they run that way because you know if there's one thing the crafts have done pretty well, it's find head coaches. They went from Bill Parcells to Pete Carroll to Bill Belichick. That's a pretty damn good track record. Pete Carroll's resume looked better after the fact. His time here was a little right. bit, little bit stumbling and bumbling um, with the Patriots, and um, you know I mean he got whacked after an eight and eight season, so it wasn't like it was a total fail. But they didn't like it was a good instinct. They, they didn't like the way he was. They didn't like the direction he was taking things and he might it's amazing though uh, his his enthusiasm and his success that he's had after Pete Carroll's going to go down as both of uh you know one of you know one of the better NFL coaches certainly of uh, of this era and also one of the greatest college coaches of all time he's had a remarkable career um since he left here he might have been you know he might have and this was also his second head coaching gig you know like um but it really um 
it, it, it wasn't perfect then, but you're right. That line of coaches is, is insane when you look at it now. Um, and the resume that they have is, uh, is really incredible. And in fairness to Pete, he was a little ahead of his time. Like the whole Seattle Legion of Boom thing, he had been doing that at USC. And like that was something that he believed in for a long time. He just finally had the pieces to do it. And a lot of the time with head coaches, especially if you're not like a Bill Belichick where you get to pick who's on your team, sometimes you just don't have the supporting cast to do what you want to do. I, I, I Was I even alive when Pete Carroll was head coach of the uh, Patriots? I don't know. But, you know, clearly he, he had something cooking. But, yeah, I mean, it, the track record in hindsight is insane. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, I, I want to go back to something that you talked about. If Mayo appears to be the, the leading candidate, um, Another name that was floated uh, and has been floated and is getting gaining a little bit of traction here on Twitter as people are talking about guys I'll talk to is also Brian Flores, um, which would be uh, interesting. And again, another person with Patriots ties, learned under Bill, head coaching experience. Um, defense was phenomenal when he was here. Um, obviously a successful stint in Miami, but just didn't get along with his bosses. Um, probably deserved a lot. <laughs> Yeah, and Tua wasn't on board. And, you know, look, there's reasons why that ended the way it did, and it didn't end well, but he did a good job uh, there. And he was an instant leader of men also and had a good vision, even though if it didn't necessarily jive with what ownership was trying to do at the time. And you know what? He wasn't wrong. This is almost a variable situation of what got him uh, whacked is, you know, they want to do something else. And, you know, there's a push and pull between that. Flores was right. Tua did not give them the best chance to win that year. And he was forced to play him because the organization was looking ahead, not to, can we make the playoffs and lose in the first round this year? That wasn't as important to them as developing the asset. And something's to be said for that is sometimes it, it be okay. The coach wants to win right now. And that's always going to be the case, mm -hmm. but to tell them that like, it actually doesn't matter. We we're taking the long view. We want to be good for years, not just now. And if you stunt this guy's growth by jerking him around and pulling him out and putting this, you know, shaggy 40 year old dude in there in place of him, like, fine, maybe you're like 10% better on the field, but that's going to, that could hurt us for years. So I understand that as well. But Flores is a name. The reason I brought that up because I wanted you to address Flores potential candidacy and whether or not you think um, he is, you know, an interesting candidate for you. But second, You'd been a Mayo guy uh, all along, and then you did a podcast yesterday, and you came out of it and kind of flipped and said, you know what? Yeah, I think it was with Dakota Randall and uh, from Nesson, uh, who also mm -hmm. had an excellent piece recently about uh, Trent Brown. Um, mm -hmm. But um, Dakota sold you on on Vrabel. Where are you now? Because I, I, I'm not going to call you impulsive. But you do jump around a little bit because you you get you you know why? Because you're excitable, because you have a positive attitude and, <laughs> and and you can be convinced why to like things, you know, and I think he convinced you why to like Vrabel, not necessarily to prefer him, but he did sell you on the merits mm -hmm. of Vrabel as a coach. Yeah. And I mean, there was a lot going on that there was a lot going on in that. So part of it. And also, I want to mention with Flores before I forget, he also turned that Vikings defense around. That Vikings defense was horrendous two years ago. Yeah. And he really or last year and he made them a respectable unit that was legitimately competitive. One of the NFL's best defenses. So I want to throw that out there. But the reason I kind of did a bit of a step back on Mayo was one, Dakota did mention how uh, Greg Bedard talked about it. Yeah. <clears throat> we don't know this for a fact, but he did say that people thought that Gerard Mayo wasn't ready. And when you compare that with the whole thing with the reports on Adam Peters and Vrabel and Peters maybe coming together, that was like, okay, 
My only hesitation with Mayo is if he truly isn't ready. If they think he's ready, then yeah, I know it's his first year as a head coach, but he's got to have a first year as a head coach to become a head coach. So that was where I was hesitant. But if the crafts are saying and reports are coming out that Mayo's at the top of the list for them, then yeah, now, because I we didn't have that confirmation. We had the, we know that Gerard Mayo is in waiting, but the most recent news that we had had was Bedard's report that people didn't think he was ready to become a head coach. So I believe that came from coach. I believe that I believe that came from coaches, not players. That's my belief. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and that also could be some people are like, this guy's walking around like he's the anointed one. and He's just a position coach, you know? And I think I'm going to fault Belichick a little bit for that without giving him true power and authority um, that was commensurate with, you know, basically the way he was viewed by ownership uh, in the organization. I don't think Bill let him kind of lead um and so i i think i i I just wanted to interject that so that's my take Mm -hmm. on where that came from i'm not going to call it a straight up hit piece but i do understand why some people might have been um put off by it i don't know whether it means that's an accurate representation of how mayo Mm -hmm. is actually viewed and whether or not he is capable i believe it's some people's opinion because they might have their interest might have run in conflict with his. That's just my take. Right. And then, I mean, yes, it seemed it seemed like I was being a little fickle and wishy-washy, but really I can only go on the information that I have. And also I don't want to be the guy who's dragging his feet in a take, even though I have new information. So it was the combination of, yes, um, being reminded that there was talk about Mayo being inexperienced and nothing really after that from anybody else on top of the, okay, if you can get Vrabel and Adam Peters – that's a pretty clear vision for the future. I do like that. But again, if the crafts are saying, hey, we want Mayo, clearly he must have presented or will be presenting them a plan, hopefully, that gives them confidence to hire him. If he's the head coach, I'm all for it. Because again, I think that you do want to keep a lot of the culture and a lot of the especially defensive philosophies and you know the knowledge of everything that goes on there because they did really well. And if this was a championship level offense – the defense would have done its job and they would have been really good in the playoffs, I think as well. So yeah, I understand it seemed like a pretty aggressive about face. Um, but now if we, if the, if Mayo does have the support, then I'm all for him because I really do think that he's put in the time. I think you do want to have that level of continuity. And also, like I said earlier, it's not just, you know, Bill Jr. He's a completely different person. He talks different. He acts differently. Um, Mark Daniels had a piece this morning talking about Gerard Mayo's relationships with players where, he said Christian Barmore made fun of Mayo's hairline and the fact he's going bald. And then Mayo comes back. How are you big and fat and you have skinny legs? <laughs> you know, just like being able to really, and you know, obviously with your experience of him, like Mayo's a, is a people person. So, you know, I'm excited about that. The idea that you can keep the the discipline and all the good things about the Patriots culture, but also yeah. bring things that I think people have wanted for a while. Where there's a little, I'm not saying that Bill was like inhumane. I think that Bill was a better human being than people will ever give him credit for but you know he also was still Bill Belichick and I think it'd be really cool to get somebody else Mayo's actually also brilliant like there's a lot of people (laughs) right like and actually like that not like football smart like he's a brilliant dude like there's people say this about players uh you know and ex-players and this and that like oh they could do anything i don't know that that's always the case you know i i you know but with mayo it, i think it absolutely is and he proved it he could just go and learn how to do anything if he wanted to start a new career tomorrow tomorrow on something he'd never even thought about doing in a year he'd be successful at it that's the kind of guy he is that's the kind of guy he is. He really is. So uh, there's something to be said for that, you know, like just having, the, you know, the smartest guy in the room or, but again, I, 
anybody who's ever done anything for the first time, it's the, I, I'll tell you this is my own personal experience, which can't in any way relate to uh, to, uh, to to running a f- professional football organization, which is just insane. The amount of attention to detail and being able to connect and to relate and to study things and to be on top of everything. I, I, I think it's got to be one of the hardest jobs in America. But I mean, things you can't possibly know how to do until you do them. Be a parent. Holy crap, is that hard? And you and you, you know, <laughs> we're just talking about that. <laughs> okay, number one, number two. Uh, you know, when I became a teacher, I was like, I know what I'm talking about, and then I'm there like, I don't know what I'm doing here, and I think they know it. Um, that's another thing. <laughs> being a boss, being in charge of people, it's hard in anything. I managed first managerial job was managing a staff of three, and I almost had a mutiny. I was like, oh, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, it, it's so hard to do these. Being things. a beat reporter. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's there's I'm sure absolutely you're like you're there and you're like I want to do everything but there's only one of me. So no matter what you're doing when you're in a position where you've got to make decisions and people are looking to you to figure that stuff out, it's really really hard. So that experiencing thing, but you know, that's how it works, right? Like you take the philosophy and you take the mind and you recognize that there's going to be lumps along the way and you figure it out. And that's just how it works. Otherwise there'd never be assistance elevated to, co- to head coaches. I like the idea of doing it. I mean, look, my leading candidate based off of nothing is like a Ben Johnson candidate. Cause I want, I want that new wave of thinking. I want the taste of the McDaniels and the McVeigh, you know, uh, thing that's going on where they're, you know, as innovative as Bill Belichick was in everything that he did, particularly defense, you see which way the league has moved. I want, a, I want an unproven assistant with a crazy offensive brain to be one of the people who's considered here. So I'm not going to discount Mayo just for the lack of experience, but it is a really, really hard thing. So I understand why, you know, Dakota or, you know, reports might've been like, not sure if they're ready. You're not sure if anybody is ready, right? You're not sure if anybody, when Brandon Staley jumped into the job, everyone's like, this was a great hire. And this guy's going to be awesome. A lot of people, and no, it wasn't, you know, you see it go a lot, a lot of ways. You never know how it's going to turn out until you're, you know, yeah, yeah. He went from being a press conference darling and saying all the right things to getting snippy with reporters, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! This guy is starting to lose it a little bit. No, it's true though. I mean, you know, it's the it's the Tyson quote. You know, the uh, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. You know, like it it's yep. it's challenging. So whoever it is, whoever comes in, um, is going to have their work cut out for them for sure. Um, want to give a shout out to Jimmy Toscano, who's apparently just waking up and has entered the chat in there. Uh, you know, from uh, from the Garden Report. But also a guy uh, who's covered the Patriots uh, for a bit. Uh, Jimmy and I were out in uh, uh, Arizona for the Seattle Super Bowl, which to my uh, I'm still going to contend, you know, and I was at 28 to three also. And obviously you have the first one, the single greatest game pound for pound Super Bowl that the Patriots played in. And that that's factoring in a 28 to three comeback and two last second field goals. I still am putting that Seattle Super Bowl as the best played Super Bowl I've ever seen in my life with an ending that I don't think people still give enough credit to. You're flipping win probability by 99% in in one play. It's the single greatest play in a championship game of all time. And I'm that's, you know, 
It's still going to... People act like it was a fluke. They was like, oh, Pete Carroll made a bad decision. It was literally a play they specifically practiced knowing... Also, as a football nerd, I'm telling you, you almost never see that play get intercepted. It literally is either you catch it or it they, bounces off he, or Malcolm, it down. It was insane. Malcolm got lit up in practice over and over and over again. He couldn't get over on it. They couldn't get there. And obviously, you're going to uh, give... Uh, 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 who was the Seattle Legion of Boom guy, the safety Jesus? I'm blanking with a B. Um, who blew uh, up the play? Oh, Browner, Brandon Browner. Brandon Browner, Browner, Brandon Browner yeah, blow, he blew up the blow, stack. Yeah. If he doesn't blow that up in such an uh, amazing manner, Malcolm might not be able to slip through and make the pick. But uh, and again, I, I, we might have to add this to your top ten list. Two two of my favorite words uh, in um, in in Patriots uh, history is Malcolm go, you know, yeah. because they knew it. Yeah. As soon as it got to that down, you know, and they said, here it is. We're doing, they knew, they knew Taylor and Malcolm go. And he flies out there. Oh my goodness gracious. The best thing I've it, ever it, seen. It killed me not having that Malcolm, on the list. It go. really did. Uh, that was so- tough. Brian Flores, <laughs> Brian Flores. Three quarters, three. Malcolm go. Malcolm go. Oh my oh, God. Gives me chills. Oh, that was, that was, uh. That was, uh, that was, you know, fan base, fanboy sort of stuff. That was pretty amazing. Um, guys, we're going to wrap it up. This is the beginning of our coverage and not the end. We already have mm-hmm. a couple of written pieces out on CLS Media. We're going to be at the press conference. We're going to try to bring it to you live or turn it around for you as quickly as possible, depending on the setup over there. So you can check that out. Then Taylor's going to have a bunch of stuff and stand-ups throughout the day. You can guarantee on Patriots Press Pass there will be a bunch of press con- a be- bunch of podcasts, breaking news podcasts, possibly some more live stuff as all of our fleet of Patriots contributors uh, are going to have their say about what is an incredibly uh, historic and I think sad day, uh, you know, not I think, a sad day, um, you know, where, you know, it is the end of an era, the ending of things, even if they needed to end, uh, uh, you're always going to look back on what it was and what it was was unbelievable and special. And as Taylor had pointed out, the reason he became a sports fan, the reason he does what he do, what he does, it's probably defined a lot of your identities, um, you know, as people and fans out there in the chat you you your entire personality and all of your life choices honestly might have been shaped by the 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 level of sports fan being a patriots fan through the 2000s um has made you so i really do think it's a profound impact on uh all of our lives in such a positive way that you're going to have to kind of take that back seat uh, you know, take take a step back and celebrate uh, uh, what this is and recognize how special it was. We do get caught up a little bit in the, he can't draft and have the torches at the door about this and that. But now that it's done, you're right. The feeling is a little bit weird. Um, and yeah. what happens next is going to be super interesting. Uh, franchise in a place it hasn't been in in a long time, which is at the bottom, needing a lot of everything with an extremely high draft pick and things are going to be um, – totally different coming back here so uh again like i said a lot of remembrance but also um a lot of it's going to be the next few decisions you're not going to know if they're right or wrong for a really long time and everyone's going to have an opinion but every single thing that happens from this moment forward taylor is going to be really interesting every single thing and I'll tell you this, in. we're all wrong. Everything we think we want, we have no idea. You know, I'll say my first of a zillion bad takes in history, 
Um, you know, and I've had a zillion of them, but my first and worst was uh, Bledsoe over Brady. I wanted Bledsoe to get his job back. It is what it is that the camp was remarkably split back then. I don't know if people recognize or remember it. When Brady got hurt in the AFC title game, Brady got hurt in the AFC title game. Bledsoe came in and helped them win it. Um, A lot of people wanted him to start the Super Bowl. Um, So, you know, what you want, you know, is not always what necessarily needs to happen. But I do think there is a general level of agreement among people who either hated Bill all along or loved him that this is probably the right decision for the franchise. Yep, I agree. Yeah. It, 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 it had to happen at some point. I Again, Bill's own philosophy. You move on a year early than a year late. And at the end of the day, that really is what this is, is you can disagree that – I mean, everybody I think agrees that Bill is still a good head coach. But, you know, and, and also reports came out from ESPN that they – parted ways it was mutual and it was respectful and that you know it was a healthy uh divorce so i mean you got to be happy with that at least both sides got to go out on you know relatively their own terms yeah and again as bill would say famously with everything you know you said the year early rather than a year late and also just the way it goes with the patriots organization is we're on to blank whatever is on to next is now the most important thing um and uh, there's a lot of important decisions to be made so we'll see as the day comes on and i'll let you guys know um, as well, we will do our best to try and immediately react to any significant Patriots news, but not necessarily every single rumor that's out there. Um, so if there's something definitive on the coaching search, we'll jump back up here uh, live as soon as we're able to uh, assemble. Uh, but in the meantime, Taylor's got to hit the hit. You know, he's, he's got to he's got to <laughs> he's got to head out to Gillette and see what happens. So, again. They're talking together. I'm curious what side of Bill we see. This is one of the most interesting press conferences, uh, I think, ever. The 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 the, the all timers post Deflategate, post Aaron Hernandez, and 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 right now, what type of tone is he going to strike? Was it really? Is he is he annoyed? Is he mad? Did he not want this? Did he get it too? Um, is he going to be reflective? Is he going to be open? Is he going to be combative? Is he going to own up to some stuff? Is he going to admit to any mistakes? Um, is he going to show a human side? Is he going to let his hair down, so to speak? I'm really, really curious Nicole to see. Nikhil was a mistake. Huh? Turn my bump. Nikhil Harry was a mistake. Yeah, right. right. And he's not going to – look, here's a reason why Bill Belichick can't be more forthright before we go. When you're both the GM and the player and the coach, you can't shit on guys and then go out there and coach them. So you can't right. – he, he could never admit to what he was doing poorly because if he said like, yeah, my bad, here's my GM hand, I did bad, and then the coach would be like, shut up. I got to coach these guys. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, Leave so, me alone. <laughs> right, exactly. So it, it's, it's hard to do, and I don't think he's going he's gonna to bury anybody, but I am curious whether he just kind of – for the first time, maybe ever, just you get to see a side of Bill uh, that you that you don't see because he's unencumbered by, you know, having to hide information from you or or, you know, engage in any sort of subterfuge and, you know, and this and that. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, thank you guys again for watching. Keep it here. Uh, Give us, I don't like to do this often, but, you know, give us likes, subscribe if you haven't subscribed, turn on your notifications, you'll be notified when new videos and where, you know, pop up and when we go live, tell your friends 
uh, excellent source for Patri for all things Patriots with, as we said, kind of a fleet of Patriots contributors that include um, in no particular order, Greg Bedard, Nick Cattles, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Callahan from the Herald, uh, Mike Giardi, Alex Barth, Brian Hines. Uh, we've got some of the best minds and the best voices on the beat and obviously Taylor with what he brings you and all of their contacts and all of their sources and all of their guests uh, who are going to be coming in and out of these channels over the next who knows how long until we kind of settle through this period and figure out where they're going to go. And then a ton of things to talk about after that as well. And I do have some fun guests, uh, you know, hopefully this week, but next week we got a, we got a stack cast. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. I appreciate you uh, joining us in here. Jimmy, you can go back to bed, little guy. I know you're all tuckered out. Um, you know, 8am was just a little too early for you. You know, the, 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 the boomer to be can't handle when he has to do a Celtics post game show and then get up early, uh, but he'll get there at some point. But anyway, thank you guys for watching again. We will see you, uh, I guarantee, at some point later on today.